0: Second Service, Christmas Eve, December 24th, nineteen seven. I wonder if you are all aware of the role that darkness and night play in the Christmas story. The traditional scene for the manger is where, always in a darkened stable, covered over with a sky of midnight. Always we see lonely shepherds out on the hill keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the only thing which arches over them is a sky of darkness and of midnight gloom. The three wise men from the east, those who saw the star, they, they could recognize it as a star and see only its brilliance because it was cast against the background of darkness and of black. You just don't think of Christmas when you think of anything else but night. Why, it's to the place now where we feel that if there were no night, there could be no Christmas. We catch this same spirit as the historical narrative tells us that Jesus was born in Bethlehem at night. If we were to call a worship service for tomorrow, Christmas Day, There would not be one-third the number of you here present, but call a service for Christmas Eve in the darkness of the night, when perhaps it is rather exotic to leave our homes when it's the usual hour for bed and to come into a darkly lit sanctuary, into the sanctuary which is cast with the soft reflection of the lighted candles. We come just because this is not a novel service, but because we, too, know that night plays a very important part of Christmas. And we think that if we were not here tonight, the Christmas day probably would not follow, or at least it would not seem right to follow without first the night. So, you see, this is the way we always celebrate Christmas, the night precedes the light. Before we can understand that Jesus Christ is the light of the world, we experience the gloominess and the darkness of night. Now, I don't think God made a mistake when he caused Jesus Christ, his Son, the light of the world, to be born at night. For after all, when God created this world, we read in the book of Genesis that first he created darkness and then he said, let there be light. Always there is light before there is light. And so it is in a spiritual pilgrimage that many of us have taken and we hope that many more will take. Before there can be the light and the brilliance and the joy and the happiness and the peace, which comes from that babe of Bethlehem who grew up to be the Lord and the Savior, there must first be the night. The darkness of night can do horrible things to people, but it is necessary because, you see, without the night, light is of very little use. In fact, the only good light can serve is when it serves in the presence of darkness. Light is good for one thing only, and that is to overcome darkness. And if there is no darkness, then you don't need light. Who ever heard of throwing on an electric light switch in a room that is already lighted by the brilliance of the sun? Well, even a little child knows that when he goes out in the walk-in in the morning hours, he doesn't have to carry a flashlight with him. You people, when you drive your automobiles in the daytime, you don't need headlights, and to use them is considered only a foolish and a wasteful thing to do. No, light is no good unless first there is darkness. The world was dark when Jesus Christ came into the existence of humanity. And the reason that he was able to shine as the bright and morning star was because the world was in darkness and in gloom. And if there had been no darkness, Jesus Christ would not have been recognized and known as as the Lord and Savior, as many people called him. So you see, this is a natural process of, of spiritual development. And though some of us don't like to walk through the nights of the soul, and though those of us have had perhaps this past year many horrible midnights of the soul, it's only as we have had these that we have been able to see the light. It has only been through such experiences of darkness and gloom that we have been able to know that Jesus Christ is truly the light of the world. Historically, the night had to precede the light. And to find the true meaning of Jesus Christ in your life, I'm sorry, but there has to be night before his light can shine. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, men and women, young people, all of us who are assembled here tonight can be divided into two groups. Those of us who have had a midnight experience in the darkness of gloom, perhaps we have realized the darkness of our sin, the blackness of the guilt has come before our eyes. Perhaps we have known some midnight as we've had to walk through some valley of a shadow, a shadow that has brought disappointment, grief, and sorrow that we were in that night and we found Jesus Christ to be our only light for hope and for faith and for salvation. And we come here tonight to sing our praise to that little babe of Bethlehem who is more than just a little miracle of God in, in a manger, more than God incarnate. Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our friend, and our light. And then there are others here who have really not experienced Jesus as the full light of their every wish, want, and desire. And the reason that they do not see the light is because they have not experienced the night. And the light will come to them only after they have had some horrible night. And we pray that for those of you who have come from different places to come and worship with us here, that maybe tonight, this is the hour for which you have been born. This is the night where you will have revealed unto you by the power of God's Holy Spirit the light which is in Jesus Christ. No matter which group it is to which you belong, Please come with us here this night, this silent night, this holy night and find in Christ what he said he was, the light of the world.